The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand Series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello and welcome to the Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand. I'm excited for this episode. I've got a good friend and colleague, Christopher Worley, here with me today. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Always a pleasure to be with you, Dave Allison. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. And for those that are watching, you can see Chris and I here. We're going to share some cool stuff with you today. But Chris, just by way of background, Chris is the professor and chair within the Department of Insurance, Tax, and Estate Planning at the College for Financial Planning. He's also an adjunct professor of taxation at Villanova's Law School. And Chris and I were hooked up, what was it, Chris, about maybe three, three and a half years now? Yes, it was our, our good friend and now emerging master of the universe, Jamie Hopkins. I, and I will always be able to claim credit that I had the good sense to hire Jamie as a faculty member at the American College. And Jamie got to know you as well. And the three of us really clicked. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie was at the American College, and I think most people in our industry these days certainly know Jamie Hopkins, his early work of helping develop the RICP program, and now right. so much more fantastic. to help advisors. Absolutely. So he was fantastic. Absolutely. Well, Jamie and I were talking one day, actually, and kind of how this whole thing came to fruition, and the, the relevancy to the episode today is we're talking all about taxes. So obviously within the Rainmaker Multiplier, a big part of our business model and a big part of our differentiator is what we call kind of the tax factor, right? We teach advisors if they want to, how to build a tax preparation business for their community, but also tax planning. So some of our advisors, they want nothing to do with building a tax preparation business. Maybe they have strategic relationships with a CPA or a tax professional, but in our opinion, by all means, they should be engaging in tax planning as a differentiator within how they work with clients. And I know I've been doing this at Allison Wealth Management. We've been teaching this at C2P Enterprises for quite some time, and we developed a proven process we call the tax management journey. I was sharing this process one day with Jamie talking about how we wanted to build a national training for advisors to be able to really replicate and implement this. And Jamie was like, oh, you got to talk to my good friend, Chris. Chris could really help drive a lot of the academic education and, and different components of what you wanted to do. And Chris, you and I jumped on a Zoom meeting and I kind of shared with you, uh, I'm going to pull it up on the screen here real quick to bring back a little memory, but the the piece that I created oh, yes. Yes. that we use with our clients, I know I use it with my clients to talk about tax management. And I said, hey, Chris, we got this kind of process and a lot of amazing planning behind it. What do you think about you know, this? And Chris, I'll kind of turn it over to you at this point. 
Oh, it was definitely uh, love at first sight because it spoke it spoke the truth. It, it if you learn anything at all about the study of taxation, not all money is taxed the same, and it's all about after tax rates of return. And there's a process to go about thinking about it. And now, now there's, I think, more awareness among advisors about the significance of having what is called tax diversification in a portfolio. One of my friends, very successful lawyer, he's got $4 million in his qualified plan and rollover IRAs. That's the good news. The bad news is he has nothing else. And as you so eloquently noted, he's now essentially a perpetual W-2 employee in that his withdrawals are going to be taxed as ordinary income. And that's something people just don't give enough thought to because the conventional wisdom is always deferred to the max, max out your math. And for many people, that could make sense. But if you're someone who's in the mass affluent on the way to something even more, you've got to, you've got to start mid-course uh, corrections along the way to get a better tax diversification mix. Absolutely. I always tell people, and Chris, you've heard me say this over and over, one of the biggest mistakes that I see some retirees make is when they come into the office and they lay their statements down and they have a little bit of money in their checking account. And then all the rest of it is in IRAs, 401ks, 403bs. And at that point, you know, I share with them, they are a W-2 employee for the rest of their life. Anything that ever comes out of there is going to be taxed as ordinary income. And there's not really many additional planning opportunities, right, to diversify or blend out income. And now at the, that point, the only way to start diffusing, you know, as Ed Slot calls that, that tax time bomb is Roth conversions, which we know are incredibly important. But before yes, we get in fact, into- oh, they were so incredibly important. Our somnolent friends in the Congress actually noticed maybe we should start curtailing them. Now, that didn't go anywhere, but you've heard me say this many times over the years, David. Every bad idea in Washington has to start and fail somewhere, but that doesn't mean it can't get implemented again. So we've got to be vigilant about that. And that's, I think, the, the other part of the value of the tax management journey. It's meant to be a dynamic process. And I thought what was revealing when you created that visual, David, about the, the signposts, notice what they are not. They're not in a straight line. There are swerves along the way. And uh, so you've got to be able to make mid and later course corrections. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's take a step back before we talk about tax planning. Let's just talk about advisors in general in this day and age. And Chris, you know, you share a story from the millionaire next door. And, you know, we've been preaching this story for, for a long, long time. And, you know, while you're not an advisor, you certainly have, in the sense of meeting with retail clients, you certainly have exposure 
in all of your different roles to a lot of advisors. I know the hundreds of them that we've helped teach at C2P Enterprises. I know you have a lot of engagements around the industry. Yeah. And, you know, where we sit today, you know, talk about kind of the role of, of how tax planning can bring differentiation and value to the clients that we as advisors are, are sitting down and working with. Yeah, I think the first uh, thing I, I'd like your audience to bear in mind is maybe the mindset of the investor. I've been an accredited investor for a long time. And, you know, I pay attention to the returns, their benchmarks. But I'm uh, even more interested in what their value added is. And in the I think it was the 2017 publication of The Next Millionaire Next Door, there was something very provocative written, and I want to share that with the audience. It said that the real business of advisors now, in light of the commoditization of asset management, is behavior modification. That is learning good behaviors about how to save and unlearning bad behavior. What are, what, are you spent, what are you spending on? And the role of taxes is fundamental in that. You've got to understand there'll be a diminution in taxes. And when the diminution occurs, you're actually going to find out you can control that. And so, and so when you hear people say, oh, well, I'm diversified across equities, bonds, alternative investments, I'm diversified domestically and internationally. Those are all good. But have you, you should be asking yourself as well, have we diversified from a tax perspective? Because not all money is uh, created equal. So if, and I think this tax planning is actually related to the tax returns. Uh, I like to say the, you know, the fine people who sign off on your returns, very, you want to have a good, reliable, accurate tax preparer. But in the end, you know, they're very pleasant coroners. They're, si uh, they're signing off uh, on something that can't be changed. Yes, Mr. and Mrs. Jones did have an unusually punishing year. So sorry. There's nothing they can do. Where you can be of value is be proactive in the planning. And I sometimes feel that by actually getting involved in the tax return preparation business, I think it can set you on a path of greater uh, trust, greater communication with your clients so that, I hate to use the word train, that suggests you know, human behavior is that easily modified, but you want them to feel before I do anything, I got to call Dave Allison. I'm not going to say, you know, just take, take money out of the account. And from Dave's perspective or any good advisor, they want to ask the follow-up questions. Great. Now, uh, where are you taking it from? What is it for? What's prompting this? You know, that's being a very good advisor. To me, that's, that's the real value added. Anybody can be an order taker from the client, and the client may not always be right. Or they may be more likely just uninformed. 
and and that's where the knowledge of taxes and tax planning i think is so essential absolutely i couldn't agree more and it's we've seen it time and time again at, at c2p enterprises as we mentioned as part of our rainmaker multiplier program we have different courses we have one where if you want to build a tax preparation business you can go ahead and do so like in my firm allison wealth management we do tax preparation for our wealth management clients we want to have all that value and the connection brought in-house so that our clients never need to look to an outside professional that could potentially try to sabotage the relationship. And our clients, quite frankly, they're busy. They don't want to have to go to two or three different professionals. They want one place to get everything done. But we certainly have recognized that business model doesn't appeal to all advisors. And so we have a separate program called the Tax Client Conversion that allows you and teaches you how to partner with like a CPA firm or a tax preparation firm so that you can quarterback the client relationship and you can drive tax planning. But if you don't want to be the, the team behind the scenes that actually doing the preparation, doing the pro forma tax returns to see the impact on these different strategies, you can partner with the right firm. And then actually something we launched this year, we call the tax practice buyer, is that there is a large amount of established tax practices in this country that were built by individuals who are now entering into retirement and they don't want to do taxes until they're 70 or 80 years old. And there's a golden opportunity for financial advisors and wealth management firms to go buy existing tax practices. We've built a program called the Tax Practice Buyer, which teaches you how to find, seek out, vet the right tax practices, all the way down to how to make the offers, how to structure the deals, how to finance it. And it's been another great avenue to bring taxes into your firm as a differentiator. You know, and it's interesting sort of as a, a, a flip of that, it's notable to me that the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants has been stressing strongly over the, uh, the last several years, the whole idea of wealth management, the, of getting the CPA in the business of advising now on investments, mm -hmm. because sometimes the CPAs are captive to their own expertise in the preparation of the returns. So they want to get a seat at the table in terms of managing the money. So if for no other reason, again, going to your, your, your audience, I just think it's in your economic interest to carefully at least consider for now whether you want uh, tax preparation in your business because I think it's a great feeder. And we started to see that 15 you know, years ago, plus when some of my partners first started launching their tax practices, as much as it was offensive, you know, a way to get new potential clients in the door, look, everybody needs to get their taxes done. And it's a lot easier to attract a tax preparation client than it is a wealth management client, right? Attract them as a tax preparation client develop a relationship and show them meaningful value. 
And you'll have the opportunity to share all the other wealth management services that you can offer with them over time. So it's a great offensive initiative. I say I probably win 30 to 40% of my clients because they're coming to me for tax only work initially. They've got incentive stock options, restricted stock units, charitable giving that they want to do. But when we show them the range of holistic planning that we offer, it attracts them and it differentiates myself from any other money manager that they're sitting down with, right? But from a defensive standpoint, Chris, you're dead on, right? There's more and more CPAs and tax professionals that are losing business to the likes of Intuit and TurboTax and the commoditized tax return that they're looking for new ways to bring revenue into their business. And naturally they already are a trusted professional. And so why not go get investment licensed and start doing insurance and gathering assets under management? And they are going to continue to be a threat. And so do you want to hedge that threat by building a really strong strategic partnership, buying the business, or building it internally. And that's what we've been teaching at C2P Enterprises for 11 years now since we founded the company. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed how long it's taken for this to finally capture the public's attention. When I was going through law school in the dark ages, the, something like this was rarely mentioned at least in investing circles. But if you were going through taxes, you know, you really, un- uh, you know, in law, you really understood you always want to own capital. Because uh, as I like to say, if you own capital, you determine what taxed. You would determine the amount that's initially subject to tax. You can diminish it with your losses. And then you can have the gain never taxed because of the step up and basis rules. Now, all of those provisions, uh, you know, Com- Comrade Sanders and his uh, tax policy advisors have been noting this. So they are over the target, but for now, at least they promise us, they truly promise that this would apply only to people with incomes of 25 million or 100 million. And that may be their intent. But I'd like to remind people of a cautionary fact, and that is when the federal income tax first was enacted in 1914, 1913, if the exemption had kept pace with inflation, it would mean today in 2022, your first $100,000 of income would be exempt as a personal exemption. Obviously, our friends in Congress have not decided for whatever their reasons to have that keep pace with inflation. So you could easily see something, say a wealth tax or a surtax, an eight-figure income sort of creep downward. Probably wouldn't happen right away, but you have to remember that the number of ultra-wealthy people available to finance the government, it's still relatively small. You and I were talking before we recorded, Dave, Elon Musk 
He's worth 300 billion. That's three tenths of a trillion. But the government spends roughly right now seven trillion dollars. So even if you were managing to take all of Mr. Musk's wealth away, you could only do it once, presumably. And it wouldn't even run the government for a quarter of the year. And they're not that many. So it's astonishing. And I think what, what's interesting, Chris, we share a slide in the tax management journey course that FINRA put out. And you know, I always joke that FINRA is a fantastic sales and marketing organization because I think every one of our retirement clients needs to understand. And on their investor alert under retirement income, specifically under the taxation of retirement income, they are notifying, notifying investors that taxes could be their single largest expense in retirement. And I always talk with financial advisors, and again, Chris, you've heard me say this more times than I can count, is we need to be helping our clients manage what could be their single largest expense in retirement. And so we have the tools to be able to do that. And, and what I want to pivot the rest of this podcast over to is tax planning. And, you know, one of the things that we've done in talking about managing their single largest expense is we got rid of the term tax planning. What you're going to see in all of this is tax management. Tax management, just like investment management or wealth management, isn't a one-time event. And as Chris mentioned, this journey kind of zigs and zags. There's a lot of different places and things to be thinking about, like a chess game, two, three, four moves ahead. And so when I share this with my clients, I say, you know, tax management is a journey that we all go through. There's thousands and thousands of pages of the tax code, but it all is boiled to these seven simple words. Not all money is taxed the same. And the wealthiest families, right, the Elon Musks that, you know, Chris is talking about and others, although Elon claims he doesn't do any tax planning. Of course. Um, oh, of course not. That's he relied on a Twitter poll to give him the great advice to sell his capital gains. Exactly. Yeah. But the reality of it is they've gone through this journey. They understand these different areas that need to be evaluated. And the ultimate goal of everyone, I haven't met a client yet that doesn't want to do what's on the bottom side of this screen, maximize their income and minimize their taxes, right? And how you do that is number one, you need to understand the order of money. There's an order to how you should accumulate and there's an order to how you should take distributions. Number two, you need to measure your bracket each and every year to look for opportunities. Number three, you need to avoid marginal tax traps. Number four, you need to make sure your investments are allocated in a tax-sensitive manner. Number five, you need to take advantage of gifting opportunities, not just gifting to charity, but intra-family gifting as well. Number six, you need to evaluate all of your accounts with the decision of do I pay taxes now or do I pay later? Because at some point, everybody's got to pay. If you don't pay, it's tax evasion. And there's certainly penalties for that. 
but do you make the decision to pay now or do you make the decision to pay later? And then last but not least, as Chris mentioned, this journey never ends. We need to manage your dynamic bracket each and every year to take advantage of all of these opportunities. Yeah, because remember, it, it, your, journey's, it, your journey's dynamic because your income is dynamic. And I note that the 400 wealthiest taxpayers only 130 of them have been on this list since the IRS started compiling it over 25 years ago. I mean, you could guess who the usual suspects are, but the interesting thing is there are 270 people uh, that aren't on the list the next year or the year after. So maybe when you sell a business uh, or you sell a piece of uh, property or uh, you know, maybe you the next great piece of artificial intelligence, or you're just a crazy Bitcoin investor. Uh, your circumstances and your wealth and your income. Or uh, you're just change. the everyday retiree that happened to turn age 72, and now you have a yes. big slew of forced income that comes out. I always say that the qualified plans and the IRAs, they're fantastic vehicles for the accumulation of wealth, they are horrible vehicles for distributing the wealth to you and to your heirs. Absolutely. So Chris, I wanna jump ahead to a couple things real quick as we kind of land the plane. Some of the tools, and if you are on this podcast today, there's a couple different things that I would recommend. If you have any interest in learning more about buying or building a tax practice, Go ahead and email one of our business development team members. You could even email me. My email address is dallison, that's D-A-L-I-S-O-N, at c2penterprises.com. We can get you more information on that. But if you're interested in upping your game when it comes to tax management, we have a day and a half training. Chris and I teach interactive, where we dive deep into all seven of these stops. And we give you tools, examples, visuals, concepts to be able to go back and implement with your clients right away. And one of my favorite ones that I use more often than not in my planning process with clients is this concept of this tax-efficient funnel, right? And Chris, you mentioned this earlier, the, the individual that lives their whole life maxing out their pre-tax contributions, and they retire with a big pile of money in their 401k, right? That's the equivalent of having a big expensive house, but also having a big mortgage on it. You don't own all that money. You're in a partner. That's right. Yeah, because I, I always, I this would never happen, but it would be interesting if it did, if the financial advisors would prepare a, a secondary statement and you'd have an accrued liability of the taxes are. You know what, Chris, we teach that in the bucket plan and we do that on every one of our clients' net worth statements so that they understand what the accrued tax liability is on their qualified money. And it gives them an eye-opening kind of discovery of what their true net worth is. Oh, I know. But uh, do you, by the way, do you provide them uh, smelling salts after you <laughs> go through this? 
Well, there's nothing that motivates them to take action and actually do good planning work to help diffuse that time bomb than to show them their real numbers. And so what we do is we show them this simple visual. If you're watching this, you can see it. There's three funnels. One of them says pre-tax and it has inside of the funnel a bubble with an IRA, a pension, a 401k. And at the bottom, it has an arrow coming out where it says distributions from the account are taxed as income. Over on the far right-hand side, it's tax advantage funnel. Contributions are made with generally after-tax dollars. It's our Roth plans, our HSAs, our 529s, our cash value life insurance. And at the bottom, it says distributions from the account are tax-free. And then in the middle, you have your post-tax where contributions are made with after-tax dollars, things like brokerage accounts, bank accounts, and real estate. But at the bottom, the growth in the account may be taxable. It might be taxable each year, like in the case of bank interest or corporate bond interest, or it might be taxable at the time you sell it, like a brokerage account, mutual funds, ETFs, and stocks. And at the end of the day, we have to put all of our money into one of these three funnels. And so we help clients navigate the decision of how much and which funnel, how much and which funnel. And we do this while they're accumulating. And then when they go to retire, we help them blend out the right income distribution strategy from each of these funnels to maximize their income and minimize their taxes. And it leads me to this next visual. If you can see it, it's our measuring your tax bracket slide. This is probably the second most important slide I use in my plan deliverables and in educating clients on how the tax code works. Because what I can simply do here is give them a visualization to say, maybe we'll take it out of your 401k or IRA up to the top of the 12% bracket. But from there, maybe we want to blend out capital gains or Roth IRA money into the 22 or 24% bracket for distributions. It also gives me visualizations if I'm talking about Roth conversions. And so within the tax management journey course that Chris and I created and teach, not only do we give you the education and the foundation of tax management, things that can be relatable to any one of your clients, most specifically pre-retirees and retirees, those clients that maybe have a half a million to five million, certainly giving you techniques if you want to start attracting that $5 million to $20 million client as well. And not only do we give you the education, but we give you the visuals. And in my opinion, and it's not my opinion, it's been stated a million times over, a picture is worth a thousand words. And so we have a lot of great tools like this in the course, don't we, Chris? So... Well, Chris, any, any additional thoughts? I mean, in, in your opinion, here we are, 2022. We've got a lot going on in Washington, D.C. There, in my opinion, has never been a better time to be engaging in tax planning because the media and Congress is uh, continually scaring our clients. But uh, what are your yes, thoughts uh, in closing here? Well, it's amazing when it's, when you look at, 
2021 amazing what didn't happen. There were no major changes to the tax code. And if and I I think I'm gonna take Joe Manchin at his word. What he said yesterday, we're not negotiating. Now that he, he may start negotiating, but they are too far apart on too many things. I get asked, well, what do you think they could pass? Maybe because they're going to have scaled down revenue needs because the spending will be scaled down dramatically. You know, if I had to vote the most likely, I'd say some type of surtax on people with eight figures of taxable income. Uh, I don't know whether they're going to take another peek at the back door. That got a lot of people's attention. So I, I don't want to be recorded on tape saying, oh, they'll never touch that because they tried they tried to, but if nothing is passed by the end of the year, I will not be surprised by that either. Right, right now, the system is broken. And maybe that's not bad because when you've got such divided government, what should be passing is something where there's a consensus in both parties. And that was not the case this last year. So people say, well, you sound very cynical about politics and government, Professor Worley. And I say, I protest. I'm not uh, cynic. I'm just more skeptical, but cheerful realist, because I've been following this for over 40 years. And, you know, different actors, actresses, same movie plot line. Awesome. Well, Chris, we are going to be together in. We are. Yes. The pandemic kept us apart, but we're going to be reunited and we're going to go, I believe, to the site of one of our greatest triumphs down in Charlotte, if I remember correctly. Is that is that the venue? We will be. It's going to be February 23rd and 24th in Charlotte. And so what I would encourage anyone who wants more information on the tax management journey to do is you can simply go to Google and you can Google the tax management journey. The first thing that'll come up is the website where you can learn more about the training. You can see the dates, the location. It is an investment of $1,795 to attend this training. And when I say investment, it is because I can guarantee you that you will make your money back and uh, we all know in our business, you can't give a lot of guarantees, but I am confident that you will make your money back plus an incredible amount more, not only for you and for your clients. And I, I feel so strongly about that, that if you decide to attend the training and at any point throughout that training, you are not happy with the content, the education, or Professor Worley's jokes that he tells. Oh, well, issue, please, a disclaimer on that last point. I, I can't be humorous all the time. <laughs> we will refund your money. There's no risk for you to come. And uh, that's how confident we are that you're going to see extreme value. You're going to get the tools. You're going to get resources to be able to use with your clients. Stuff that I keep at my desk, like our tax management journey pitch book. 
And so go ahead, go to Google, type in the tax management journey, and we look forward to seeing you in Charlotte, North Carolina, to continue to drive some amazing tax management into your business. Dave, it was a real uh, pleasure to be on your podcast. Always a highlight. You know, they say taxes is so boring. I, I never understood that. But what do I know? I'm just a humble professor. Exactly. So they need people like you and me that get excited about it so we can package it and simplify it for other advisors to be able to go have success with. When, whenever tax bills are under consideration, you and I are always the most sought after entertaining guest at any party. Oh, what do you think will happen? Yeah, exactly. So Awesome. Well, Professor Worley, it's always fun getting to hang with you. And uh, you. we look forward to being with you in about a short month away. That sounds wonderful. Talk soon. Thanks. Thank you. The Rainmaker Multiplier On Demand Series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach to advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.